0: Welcome to this week's Friday Focus at the Pet Biz Hive. Now, I told you on Tuesday that we were going to dig in today a little bit on the Pet Biz MBA Freedom Formula, what that's about, and some real strategies and actionable steps that you can use in your own pet business to push it forward. Now, I'm going to focus today a little bit more on the financial aspect of the Freedom Formula and how that can help you grow your own pet business. I think I have talked before, of course, about the four different stages of pet biz ownership that I have within my Freedom Formula. Many of you have actually taken the little quiz that I have that helps you determine which phase you're in. Now, those four phases are the starters the growers, the expanders, and the innovators. Now, the Freedom Formula and the Pet Biz MBA structure is really built as a business accelerator for those in-home pet services who are looking to uh, grow to seven figures, who want to have a team, want to have management, and really want that freedom each day to choose what they do in their business, not getting tied up with the everyday tasks, but having the ability to have that management structure so they can um, really truly enjoy and build something amazing that is going to last as a legacy. So I wanted to break that down a little bit from a financial perspective in each one of those phases, what those phases uh, do within your business as you travel through those and how even the way that you view your business finances can change. This is from, of course, your own accounting and bookkeeping principles, um, all the way to, of course, making sure that you are priced to be profitable. Because we all know, you know, we started, well, most of us that didn't purchase our own businesses started as just me, 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 and me. And I did everything, right? I know some of you can relate to that. And some of you have decided that is where you want to stay uh, just as a solo. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Some of you might be In that phase, of course, of starting out as solo, but whenever you really kind of visualize what you want your business to look like in five years, you see a team, you see yourself moving in that direction to expand the impact on your community. Uh, and then some of you, of course, right now are already operating with teams or wanting to grow into those management levels. I've talked with a lot of people in my uh, little consults recently, and it's super exciting to hear some of the big plans that that different pet business owners have and that, Um, everyone is really focusing on plenty and focusing on growth and really taking advantage of everything we're seeing in the marketplace right now. So I I do want to speak to those of you that are solopreneurs first, whether you've chosen to stay that way or that's the phase that you're in right now. So one of the Biggest conversations that I hear is, um, how can a solopreneur become a six-figure pet business? So that is achievable. It is challenging, but but it is definitely achievable. But you definitely need to understand what that means, if that is your goal, what that means to your schedule, what that means to, um, you know, your, your mindset and the amount of time that you are going to be trading. Um, Again, as a solopreneur, you have to consider that you are trading your minutes for money. So you are the only person in the business, so therefore the only way that you make any income, bring in any revenue, is you physically doing the work yourself. So let's kind of talk about that. Let's talk about what really having a solopreneur six-figure, business looks like. So this is, of course, generating six figures, $100,000 in revenue. This does not mean uh, actually having uh, $100,000 in your pocket by the end of the year, because of course you do, you know, have taxes and you do have your operating expenses and all of those considerations. But we're just going to look at what that formula really looks like for you to become a six-figure pet business. And I'm going to use some of the industry information that we have out there on just some of the averages across the country and put some numbers behind it for you. I did the same thing in my pricing for profitability presentation at the Texas Pet Sitters Conference. And I think it was really pretty eye-opening for a lot of people. So let's let's break this down. You know, this is a little tough to do verbally, but we will we will make the attempt to do that. Sometimes it's a little better to write the numbers out visually for people. But so let's talk about that grossing six figures for you solopreneurs. I am gonna use kind of that industry average that we have on the calculators out there and say that it's a 30-minute visit, that's gonna be our assumption, a 30-minute visit that costs $25. Now, you guys might be more, you might be less, but um, I like nice, even numbers, and uh, so we'll go with that. So let's think about that $100,000 in uh, revenue. Divide that by that $25 a visit, and in order to bring in that much money, that means you would have to do 4,000 visits per year. Okay, 4,000. Still a nice, even number, right? Now, I am a huge proponent that, of course, you solopreneurs, it's very easy to forget what the word no means. But I do encourage you to, at the beginning of the year, always have that time where you block off your non-negotiables. And one of those should be like any average job out there that you have two weeks off every year. So I always like to build that into any of my numbers. So taking two weeks per year of vacation and me time, that ends up being about 80 visits a week that you need to do or 320 visits a month, right? You still with me? I'm just going to make the assumption that you're just doing, you know, daily visits Monday through Friday. I don't know how much you work. Do you work seven days a week? Do you work five days a week? That's another consideration that you really need to balance out is how much margin do you have in your own schedule. But we'll just say you're working five days a week. So that would be 16 visits per day. Okay, we are going to Use just an average of 10 minutes between visits. That would be your commuting time between visits. I hear most business owners have 10 to 15 minutes in between. But with just 10 minutes in between, that 16 visits ends up being about 10.66 hours per day that you are doing pet visits and driving in between. And that is about 53 hours a week. Okay, so let's review that one more time. You want to make six figures and you charge $25 a visit. So you need to do 4,000 visits per year, which roughly works out to being 53 hours per week, but that does not include any time spent on any administrative work or marketing or things like that. So that sounds like a really tough schedule, right? Uh, can you imagine that's probably at least a good 60 hours a week if you add in some of those additional tasks? I would say a minimum of, of 60 hours a week. Uh, so, you know, definitely take a step back and kind of compare what that equates to in the market today. You know, what skills do you have? What other things could you be doing in the actual marketplace in a different position or industry? And just compare it to that. Of course, I'm not saying that that directly compares, um, you know, when you, when you have the bug of being an entrepreneur, it's just hard to imagine working for anyone else again, right? Um, so I'm not saying that you should draw that direct comparison, but you do need to understand what your time and your value entails. You know, what, you know, in that scenario with you solopreneurs, um, you have to understand that, that you are trading your minutes for money and what are your minutes worth time is finite you cannot get that back so let's talk about pulling some levers here on the business so of course you do have the opportunity to um you know, work harder of course right you can always go out there work harder work more hours to make more money Uh, Another thing that you can do is you can increase your pricing, right? Um, And then, of course, decreasing your expenses. That's always very important to do to, you know, download last month's uh, bank statement and go through and highlight everything you spend money on. Is this all necessary? What kind of a return on investment am I getting from uh, this, uh, these expenses that I have. So you want to make sure that it is a great ROI for you. But right now we're going to talk about increasing your pricing. You know, that is, is usually the easiest lever to pull is increasing your pricing. So let's think about, you know, you were 25 a visit in that previous scenario. Let's talk about raising to $30 a visit, right? So if you're changing to 30, for a 30-minute visit, you're dropping from 4,000 visits a year to 3,333. That's a significant drop in time. Uh, That is from 80 down to 67 visits per week, which drops from 53 hours of visit time down to 45 hours of visit time. Now, that sounds better, right? I mean, you still have, of course, your administrative tasks and marketing and things like that. But, you know, you're, you know, maybe 50 hours a week instead of 60 hours a week. And think of what you can do with that extra 10 hours every week, right? It might just be sleep. (laughs) It might be a good massage. It might be actually spending time to go work out. (laughs) So um, that is a pretty significant difference there just by increasing your pricing, From 25 to 30 a visit. Now let's just crank on that lever one more time just for you know grins here and let's see what if it was raised to $33 a visit. That would drop you from that 3,333 visits per year down to only 3,030, 60 visits per week or actually a like legit 40 hour a week work schedule. So that would be 40 hours. That would be involved with your driving, um, driving two visits, your commute time and your actual pet care time. So do you see the kind of difference that I'm drawing there for you solos out there that really have that goal of six figures? Um, Pricing is going to be, and and making sure that you are profitable is going to be the most important thing that you can do, Um, again if you want to be at that 25 a visit, it's going to be a lot harder for you to reach that goal of six figures. You're going to be working a lot harder. You're going to be doing that, you know, 60 plus hours a week to be able to get everything done. It's going to be a little bit overwhelming and um, you would have to be really very intentional at blocking off your time to get some of the business part of it done. Or you'll be like me and You know, I'd be sliding into tax season with just a big old messy box of receipts, paperwork all over the place, and then panicking because I didn't have anything ready for my accountant. Uh, Because I would postpone all of that because I never seem to have enough minutes in the day, right? I'm sure some of you can relate whether you're a solo or a team. So just wanted you to see what that looks like. Now, bringing that all back to the, um, the freedom formula, which is actually the educational platform that I teach in the Pet Biz MBA business accelerator. Now the Pet Biz MBA is really intended for people who do want to grow teams, but, um, business is business is business, right? Um, I teach business principles. That's, that is the space that I am in in this industry, is taking those high-level business principles that I have learned over the years, educating myself, uh, and bringing those down to the level of our industry. So we can apply all of these principles and make sure that we have really solid foundations for scaling and growing in our business. And that's not just one little thing. That's not just improving your marketing. That's not just improving your automation. It's so, so much more than that. So that's why I have these different phases and milestones just to have people kind of stay on track. So starters, anyone that's starting in the business that wants to stay solo or just happens to be right now, but has the plan for growth. So you are really laying out a lot of those foundations. And the most important thing, again, is making sure that you have those financial systems in place. Of course, there are a lot of different milestones in the starter phase, but it's really figuring out what your scope of services are going to be and making sure that they are priced well. I know I had asked before the Texas conference, how many people decided on their pricing by just picking a number? Did you go look at your competition and find out what your competition was charging and base your pricing off of that? Now, if you did that, did you choose to price higher than your competition? Or did you choose to price lower than your competition? Now, both strategies are fine as long as there is a strategy, of course, behind it. You want to make sure that you do charge your value in the market and you do want to set yourself up to um, be Now, there is a lot to be said for pricing yourself low in the market and being that discount type of uh, service. But of course, with that, you would have to scale to a very high level to still see profitability yourself. So again, that strategy of pricing low to gain that uh, market share out there that's looking for that price level, but then there is also a lot to be said for being the premium service in your area and really focusing on the affluent target market. So either way, again, but there should be a strategy behind it. It shouldn't be that well. I'm going to price two dollars lower than my competition because I want to take business from them. That that is that is not <laughs> that's not a good long term strategy. So just make sure that you have really that pricing looked at and you know that you are priced well in your marketplace. Now, when you move on to that grower phase in the Freedom Formula, you know, this phase is just so super exciting. Again, though, it is that pricing that is key. In the grower phase, those people are looking to Uh, either start building a team or add on to the team that they currently have. And there is nothing more important than making sure that you have your pricing set so that you are profitable with the team and that you are able to compensate well. This is a very regular conversation I have with some of my consults, is where is my cost of service? Now, for those of you that are not familiar with the term cost of service. That is the expense that you have all in to provide your services for your community. Now, I do talk to a lot of people that have independent contractors and employees. Either way, cost of service is going to be really the same terminology either way. Uh, If you have independent contractors, you are more than likely paying a percentage basis that's a whole different conversation um, for those of you with independent contractors about appropriateness of how to compensate but let's just you know talk about of course that percentage model and then of course those of you with employees are going to have your base wages you're going to have your payroll taxes and you're gonna have your workers' compensation that is all added into your cost of service. Of course, industry standard is a healthy number between 45 and 55%. So in other words, for every $100 that you generate as revenue in your company, you would pay between 45 and $55 total to your employees to provide that service for the community. Uh, many times, I do hear people with independent contractors are paying up to 60 and 70 percent. So, that is um, a completely different model that does not provide you with as much profitability as employees. Again, that whole employee versus IC conversation, I have talked about it many times in podcasts. I will link down in the show notes to the previous podcasts that I've had. On those subjects, I do want you to consider very closely whether or not that independent contractor model is what you are really needing in your business long-term if you're um, if you're still in that model. So again, growers, you want to make sure that you have that really great pricing uh, when you are considering increasing your prices, which I know many of us have had to do a few more times than we would have liked over the past couple of years. I used to only increase pricing every other year and I've done it multiple times a year over the past three years. It's been a little crazy, right? So with your pricing, you always want to make sure you reevaluate that. I always recommend calculating your average cost of service every quarter at least, and really get some genuine numbers in there go pull your payroll numbers uh, find out what all those costs are added up together and if you do see of course that you are inching up over that 55% all that's doing is that's cutting into of course your profitability and your own income and there is no reason to be a martyr As a pet business owner, right? There's no reason to say, "Oh, it's okay." I want my staff to really get paid well, and and uh, you know, oh, it's okay. I don't want to charge that much, and I don't want to raise my prices because my clients, or I'm going to lose my clients. I mean, that's very, very short-sighted. You need to base all of those decisions in your business, your pricing, your compensation, based off of your profitability, because you are the one that has put all the risk into your business and your community needs you to stay in business you are an integral part of your community in the support of your local pet parents and the absolute worst thing you could do is be there for people establish those relationships and then because you don't have your numbers focused on you can't stay in business or you burn out because you feel like you are spinning your wheels on a daily basis and not seeing any results for it. So that is a lot of times what I see in that grower phase that really needs to be tweaked from a financial perspective. Then of course, those of you that have moved into the expander phase, you know, you really have a lot of those numbers figured out. You have a good HR program. You're bringing people onto your team. You are scaling your business. So you're really expanding to being a market leader locally, but you still have to go back and look at those numbers. At this point, um, it is, I mean, I hate to say it becomes a numbers game, but it kind of is because you're looking at scaling and you're looking at all of those little micro decisions that you can make to, of course, have an amazing team and team culture. You want to make sure that your employees feel valued. You want to make sure that they feel movement in your business. It's not just, hey, you come in here and you get paid $10 a visit and that's what you are forever in a day. They like to see that there is some reward for their time with you. So I always encourage Those expanders to make sure that they have a pricing or a compensation model that is going to reward their employees based off of either merits you know, those complete rock stars that are the perfect team players or the amount of time that they are with your company. So, you know, or a combination of those two. You want to make sure that that you have that solidly figured out, you know, that you're not starting brand new employees at 55%, right? You get what I mean? That they have the ability to move. So typically when I look at helping um, and consulting with other pet business owners, I look at that, let's start, you know, down at 45%. And, you know, at three months, let's look at giving them a bump because now they should be independent workers and you shouldn't have as much administrative time supervising them. So it just helps you uh, work, work them into your program and helps you build that culture when they feel rewarded for their progress. So definitely those expanders still have to focus on that and then just get a little bit deeper in your metrics you are in the you're in the scaling game, so there are so many different things that you are going to need to figure out as an expander, and automate into your system and your processes. So that is probably the phase I would say that many of the Pet Biz MBA members are currently in. And that is also a phase that many pet business owners never do get out of, that expander phase. It's a very, very broad phase of things that you need to do in your business. It's that point where you're making decisions about management layers and giving yourself margin in your own life and starting to pull yourself back from those day-to-day decisions in your business. So, you know, this might be the point where you are looking at your finances and analyzing them to see, can I afford someone in the office? Can I afford someone to help with scheduling? Can I afford a part-time or a full-time manager uh, in the, uh, Petbiz MBA membership during this month of March. We have been talking about management. We have been talking about the financials that are needed for management and how you can better budget and forecast for your next layer in management. You know, myself, I have a management team of five people besides myself. And I didn't come out of the gate saying, okay, well, I'm going to have five of these. You know, I very strategically had my accountability chart or your standard organization chart. And I looked at the specific area that I was weakest in at that point, And that's what I hired for first. And then you start to build and you realize the next position that you would like to have filled. So it is a gradual process. At this point, I do have a general manager, I have an outreach and marketing manager, I have an operations manager, a field training manager, and then I do have my HR manager. So, that is that is a pretty significant management team and they are all full time. So, that is that is I mean, the training manager is the most recent development for me, uh, having a specific operations manager position I've only had over the last year. So it is something that just develops as you go. But whenever you do have each one that has their specific accountabilities, I can tell you it is wonderful to have each one of those individual positions defined in your business. But, you know, as that expander heading into that innovator phase, those are decisions that you have to make. Sometimes you have to take a step back from your own income and profitability to make plans and budget for that. I typically tell people that are right around that uh, gross revenue of about 200 to 300,000, maybe more like the 250,000 to 300,000. That if you don't already have someone on your admin team, this is the time for you to start looking for someone because you are kind of at that point where volume wise and system wise, you are likely the lid on your business because you don't have anyone else that is taking some of those high level responsibilities along with you. So then of course, those innovators, uh, those are the ones out there that really do have management teams started and they are able to build out a business and start to pull back themselves to make some of those additional decisions that they can in their business. Um, You know, you start looking at uh, different acquisitions, having general manager, how much you can influence the industry and you can really look at starting to build careers in the industry. Yeah, know, the, the pet industry can be very difficult to build a career in. Um, you know, the veterinary field has has its challenges. The veterinary te- technicians, bless their hearts, never get paid enough for what they do and the, the type of things that they deal with on a daily basis. Um, you know, of course, if you're trying to get into just working directly with pets, unless you head straight into a trainer program, you know, many times there's, your flow from kennel technicians all the way up through those different levels of responsibility, but it is a tough industry to get into, and you know those those innovators really have the opportunity to um, build leaders and build careers and I know that's a space that I'm in I'm in right now, which is just such such a blessing to have my own business to the point where I can now nurture others. so um, hopefully this information has kind of helped you out financially. We did go through an awful lot in, in this episode, Um, you know, starting of course with the discussion with solopreneurs of making six figures going into, of course, how you need to really focus on your pricing and your profitability as you're looking at growing your team and bringing in new people, making sure you have great compensation plans that, reward the work that they do, but yet maintain a level of profitability for you. So of course, like I have said before, we do have the PetBiz MBA Business Accelerator that is opening next week. If any of this information and the idea of really digging in deep on financials and on these different levels of business and really getting you from one phase to the next, um, if that is something that you are looking for, you absolutely want to consider the pet Biz MBA membership. I do have a free webinar that is coming. Um, it's actually a masterclass that is coming on Monday about bomb proofing your pet business. I am going to be talking a little bit more about financials, the current marketplace, and some definite things that you need to do to make sure that your business is strong for no matter what comes with the economy or your competition, Um, There are always certain business principles that you need to keep in mind to make sure that you are going to be a strong business moving forward. So I will drop the registration down into the show notes additionally. Very easy to get to though. It's petbizguru.com forward slash bomb is going to get you to that registration page. And of course, right now we do have a wait list for the Pet Biz MBA Business Accelerator. Anyone that is currently on the wait list, which link is in the show notes, if you are on that wait list um, by, of course, Sunday, the end of the day on Sunday you will get first crack at joining the pet biz mba membership additionally that will allow you to be entered for one of two drawings for a free strategy consult session with me so i would love to get the opportunity for you to have one of those so we can really dig into the challenges in your own pet business and figure out the best way to help you take steps forward So thank you for listening today. Don't forget to sign up for that free masterclass on Monday. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Pet Biz Hive. You can follow me at Pet Biz Hive on both Facebook and Instagram and learn more at PetSitterGuru.com. What is your next best move?